Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. It's Around the House. If you look at me in the 80s when I'm in my 20s and the guys who were running the jobs were in their 50s, it's no different. You could, you, That's they, what I mean. Millennials existed. Whatever, whatever we call that group, even though I was a boomer in the 80s, I was millennial mindset because you got guys who are 55 who now their life's over. <laughs> They haven't been to the Crazy Horse. They haven't been to the Flats. They haven't partied with strippers. They, they haven't done any blow. No one's doing anything fun anymore. Yeah. And, and they want to yell at me because they're mad at themselves. Yeah. Because they know the fun you're having because they used to 30 years before that. Right. Sure, I'm throwing up because I'm carrying two sets of bricks. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know. But we've got you covered. This is Around the House. Welcome to Around the House with Eric G and Caroline B. This is where we usually talk home improvement every single weekend. Hey, Caroline. Hey, hey, how are you? I am excited here. We got one of my favorite comedians in the house. Carmen Saracillo. And me? It's you. I'm looking at the names. I'm like, okay, so it's Eric g and caroline b it's because the last names are kind of difficult yeah My, well exactly eric's is not that bad eric goranson is easy blazoff like, yeah but it's been called Goranson. i mean it's been butchered a thousand different ways <laughs> yeah because my name is a pain too Sirisillo is a pain so yeah. carmen c people are, people are like is it cirillo sirsulio is it charmin is it, Charmin. I hate my name because I told my mother, I go, my Carmen, really? You, what, and I like Vinny. Like you're, you said yeah. your husband or your boyfriend or. Yeah. <laughs> Vinny. 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 Vincenzo. Right? I, 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 I called myself Vinny in high school. I have a badge that says Vinny. That's how thick I am. I had to make my own nickname. <laughs> nice. Well, you're known as the construction comic and dude, your bits on YouTube just have me dying because I've been in the you know design and construction industry for 30 years so I have seen I think all those things happen real time and it, <laughs> it is just absolutely hilarious man yeah it, everything that I talk about is really what happened in my life what happened still but I have a construction school I don't know if you know about that it's a legit school and I teach guys that are older than me, basically. It's old school contractors with licenses, guys that have cash and been in the business for 30 years and hate education. <laughs> they have to do it because the state yep. forces them. It's my favorite crowd. Yeah. You know, any crowd that- Captive audience, they can't yeah. leave. You know, I, in jail, I would if I ever go to prison, I'm like, I, I've watched Elvis in prison. I've, I've seen that movie. <laughs> I go, who do I talk to? Is there an events planner here at the correctional facility? Because I, I know instantly I would have a group of people that would like me and would protect me at lunch because I don't know which group I would be with. I'd have to be with you know, I'm with everybody. Look, I'm not taking a side. You could be in there with the painters, though. You know, that'd be one group of guys. You know, those are the guys that are in there. You know, They're almost as bad as the vapors. The painters and the vapors are close. Well, the good news is there is a, a quite a, f a few people who are coming out of the can and working in the construction industry. No, it's great. We gotta right, have so we gotta have them someplace. They you got know? The, they got the Fitbit on their ankles instead of their wrist. <laughs> they're being tracked. It's like they're yeah. like millennials. You know, prisoners are like millennials. I hate to tell you, millennials, but guess what? <laughs> you think you invented the tattoo? The little bottlenose dolphin swimming under a rainbow. <laughs> This guy's got a face full of tattooed tears, and don't ask him. Don't compare tattoos. <laughs> you got yours at the mall. This guy yeah, got but you mind. know, it's it's bad when the millennials got to show you know, that dolphin, 
you know, or porpoise in the small of their back and they're trying to show that to the to the guy that's got them on his face. It's just never a good conversation. Yeah, a tramp dolphin? That's not Yeah, a tramp. <laughs> gotta move the tool belt to get it. <laughs> Eric's got tattoos. Look at Eric's all tatted up. He's hiding them right now in his oh, flannel. Tattoos? Look. Yeah, I mean, look, there's people that no, I, dolphins. I look, people who I'm not against tattoos, believe me, ever since that guy pulled the gun out at me in, in uh, Century City in L.A., I'm not against tattoos. I do tattoo jokes, and that will get people <laughs> all crazy. There's not a joke I can do today, by the way. I don't care what I do. If I say anything online, I get somebody who's unhappy. I got people unhappy over a, a little meme I did about electricians. You know, was like, <laughs> well, this is was, a safe space here for you, so just yeah. so you know. I'm not safe anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not safe in my own home. <laughs> so you're down in Florida right now. You're down there. And so you're teaching Florida contractors, which is good because no offense to our Florida contractors that are listening. They need some help down there. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I, I came from Cleveland. Mm -hmm. There was no education. There was no formal education. Right. And I'm not teaching construction, by the way. I teach safety, building code, all the things nice. you don't want to know about. You know, workers comp, economics, those types of things. Thank God, because that's more interesting for me to teach because I can make a lot more jokes about it. Yeah. The, the technical side, they already know these guys are champs. Everybody's a champ. You know, I've, I really do think that construction in general gets a bad rap. Um, there was a building collapse that happened down here in Florida. Remember that? About six oh, months yeah. ago. Oh, yeah, we covered it. Yeah, it yeah. was pretty, pretty clear what was going on there. What was your conclusion? Uh, building maintenance didn't happen, period, for decades. That was my conclusion. Yeah, it's tough, right? Has this ever happened in the country? That's my question. Yeah, I mean, it happens. That one made a lot of, lot of, a lot of press. But you see, you know, old building in New York City that'll collapse. You'll see something in Chicago, but not to that scale, really. You know, that one, that one got grabbed by the news. That one was kind of strange because when you think about construction in this country. There's been very rare occasions where an entire building pancakes like that one. Yep. Entire building. You hear about the deck collapse. You hear about a pedestrian bridge. You hear about mm -hmm. a piece of the Boston tunnel, you know, falling apart. And, you know, there's some horrible things, but a whole building. Because in general, I believe that construction knows what they're doing. I think that the consumer and, and when I say consumer, I mean commercial or residential trusts yeah. contracting. We trust the construction industry. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and I don't, I, I, don't blame that on the on the construction of that building. I blame it on the people that were managing the maintenance of that building because, at least from the pictures I saw, from my judgment of what I seen, that thing was screaming "Help me!" for a number of years, and nobody was paying attention. Yeah, you know, and, and it's still strange, even if it did have some failure, and they still haven't investigated it properly. Is that truly the only reason that thing collapsed? You know, it's on the ocean. They had all kinds of speculation. But we haven't heard nothing. Yeah. We haven't heard nothing. News cycle just, skipped just, off to the if next. You, if you're, you guys are doing a show about the house, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Homes. Homes. The consumer themselves, they really don't think about structural of homes. They think no, about they aesthetic. That's correct. You know, yep. how many times you go into a model home and you go, you know, what is this? Two by four, two by six wall. What is this? How, you know, how many, how, what's the distance between the what's studs? It built and the, with? You know, you, is it built with plywood? Is nah. it built with OSB? Is it built with MDF? No. Yeah. They have no idea, right? But they want to know if they're getting a granite countertop. <laughs> Do I what, get the soft closed drawers? Yeah, that's the important what, part. What's the floor made out of? You know, what's, mm -hmm. show me the elevation packages that I can get so I can have a different look other than my neighbor. You know, we're more in concern with curb appeal, which is no because question. we trust licensed contract. We trust the construction industry. We know that this code or the house is built under a code for life safety issues. That's what we talk about in, in the industry. How do we become the, the person, the group, the facilitator to the consumer to tell them, trust us. Nice. Trust us. Nice. That's yeah, I do a lot of speaking for the uh, NHB. I get up on their stage. Like this year, I'll be down in Florida for the uh, for the Kitchen and Bath Industry Show. I'm the home technology speaker over there in the West Hall. So I'll be hanging out in Orlando for... Really? Geesh. Yeah, I'll be there for 10 or 11 days. I did... I have done uh, probably the most 
the most, I'm going to say the most popular. Is that a little big of a head right there? The most yeah, there popular? you go. No. That bravado again. We're talking bravado earlier yeah, before we came yeah, on. Yeah, Gotta have some want, bravado. Man. I'm the most requested comedian for the NAHB there is. There we go. Now, they've nice. never said that. <laughs> we just inferred. <laughs> they've never sent me a letter about that, but, and sure, I pursued them. They didn't pursue me, but I have done. They don't pursue anybody. I've done every HBA in the country. Almost nice. every HBA. And That's I used nice. to do that because, because I was broke. <laughs> you know, I was a hustler. I got the, nice. uh, the the list of local HBAs. I sent them a, a VHS tape and a, and nice. a press kit. And I started doing those in 1992. I'm still doing them. I'm still doing them. You know, I yeah. still do. I, I, that's all I do is entertain, Eric. That's all I want to do. I don't want to do any real work. Even on the job, when I was on the job, that's why they kicked me off the job, because I didn't want to do any real work. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to entertain people. I go, Wait, Wait a minute. If you didn't want to do any real work on the construction site, that's now you're starting to cross over into the uh, into the theoretical millennial crowd now. Yes, I know. I know the hypocr- the hypocrisy that I'm stating. <laughs> <laughs> I believe in tormenting them. Yes, <laughs> but I agree with their work ethic. I'm sorry. Okay? <laughs> I have. I'm, I'm look. I'm an entertainer, so at some point. I had to bridge the gap in my head on, you know, what do I really believe in? Do I believe yeah. in entertainment or do I believe in uh, the work ethic, which is not funny? Yeah. Work ethic's not funny. <laughs> well, how am I going to be funny if, I, if I'm the work ethic guy? I'm not, I'm not the guy schooling you on go get a job and work 40 to 60 hours a week. I'm the guy that says, hey, sometimes at noon – you want to pull out the cocoa puff and take a little bit. <laughs> you want to get drunk. You want to get a limo tonight and go to the reverse raffle and party with the chicks from the crazy horse. That's what I want to do. <laughs> and that's what kept me employed. That's what kept yeah. me employed. <laughs> that's hilarious, man. That is hilarious. But it's funny, but you think back, you know, in the eighties with construction, the nineties with construction, there was already that hierarchy going on today. It was always the the older guys giving a hard time to the younger guys going, you can work faster, keep it going. If you looked at me in the 80s when I'm in my 20s and the guys who were running the jobs were in their 50s, it's no different. You could, you, That's they, what I mean. The millennials existed. What other, what other, whatever we call that group, even though I was a boomer in the 80s, I was millennial mindset because you got guys who are 55 who now their life's over. (laughs) They haven't been to the crazy horse. They haven't been to the flats. They haven't partied (laughs) with strippers. They they haven't done any blow. No one's doing anything fun anymore. Yeah. And they want to yell at me because they're mad at themselves. Because they know the fun you're having because they used to 30 years before that. Right. Sure. I'm throwing up because I'm carrying two sets of bricks with the tongs and I can't handle it in the heat. Yeah. I, I still brought it to them. <laughs> you know, and, and, and there's a, a group of people who are never going to look my, my cousins and the people that I work with, we, we really had a understanding that yes, we work. Yeah. We'll get the job done. But the main goal of life was the party. It was and work it hard. Party hard, play hard, party yeah. hard. You know, I mean, it and was. Especially, especially in Cleveland, because what happens is you work when it doesn't snow. And then when it gets too crazy, you know, if you don't have an indoor job or you don't have something you can do, you're going to plow snow or you're going to lay on the couch. That's what you're going to do. Yeah. But you're never not going to not party. You're always making sure that you're There's going to party downtown. somewhere. That's right. There's a party oh somewhere. It, it was always. <laughs> party all the way i mean pre-party <laughs> then the party then after party it was always party and yep. i had never let go of that that's why i became a comic to tell you the truth <laughs> to tell you the truth i'm still doing it i'm with you guys this is a party this ain't work it is right <laughs> oh this is great that's why i'm not designing kitchens anymore man no, i'm no. this is this is my full-time gig let's not fool ourselves here when people say i work i go what do you do the guy goes well, I, you know, I have to go out there and get on a roof and I tear it off and I throw it into a, a dumpster and then I do it again the next day and the next day for 15, 20, 30 years. 
I go, oh, yeah, I don't work then. I don't do any work. I talk and I make people laugh. I got a party this Saturday I'm doing at a comedy nice. club for uh, an, air, an air conditioning company. I did one Sweet. last week for a, a building contractor. I, I mean, all my whole life is, you're supposed to do this, by the way. This is- <laughs> Well, it's funny. I mean, I still go, I still steal the line and use the pro contractor line at Home Depot, but I almost got thrown out of there the other day. Here's my little joke for you. I walked up to the register, got my stuff, put it on the counter. And of course, the cashier goes stripped down facing me. And I was realized a little bit too late that she was talking about the credit card. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, Carolyn, here's the thing, right? Even this if is why joke, you do comedy and I do even, a podcast. Even so. if the joke is, you know, <laughs> one of Eric's jokes, at least he's trying. He's trying. He's giving it the- There's people out there who- There's people out there who- jokes. They're not, even, they're not even trying to be funny. My whole thing is I go, you know, why? I think I said this yesterday on my podcast, by the way, which I think- you know, I never mention my podcast because I, I forget. I do, about though. It. We want we want people. Listen, we're in this weird category. I was telling Eric about we're in home and garden category and then some leisure. That's where Apple and Spotify lay us as a podcast. So I'm yeah. looking at our competition the other day and it's like donkey farming, beekeeping, <laughs> growing what? cannabis at home. Grow pot at home. That's who we compete against. Grow pot at home. Wow. So, you know what? Throw in your podcast. Talk about it all you right. want because, yeah. you know. Carmen. Carmen Cirasillo's show. That's yep. it. Okay. And my podcast is stupid. Like, don't expect <laughs> anything. Don't expect me to prepare. Don't expect me to be logical. And don't expect me to stay on track. I don't want to stay on track. Like, if I have another thought, it's coming out. And we're going to talk about that for a while until, you know, my host is a millennial who gets high and he's vaping. And I used to go, could you stay a little straight while we're doing this? But now I don't care because... <laughs> It gives me more of a chance to talk, and he's an audience. He called me. He said he was pissed off the other day because he's like, you know what? I realized this podcast is an open mic just for you, and I'm an audience of one. I don't get anything Shocker. from it. I go, you, you <laughs> he's just figuring that out now, Carmen. <laughs> Are you paying him? He's probably working for free, too. I don't know. He's not getting paid. Are you kidding me? <laughs> we have another guy that we pay. His, yeah. Look, they, they conned me into doing this podcast because I was on another podcast. They're like, oh, you're good at podcasting. Really? How much? Right? And so then I ended up because <laughs> it was pandemic time and there was nothing to do. Yeah. So then I said, all right, let's do it. But I'm, I enjoy the podcast format because it to me, first of all, my wife's like, please don't ever stop doing the podcast because I don't need you to talk to me any extra more than you already do. <laughs> <laughs> so that hour that you spend with those guys gives me a chance to, to unwind and relax. She doesn't want me to bother her because it really is therapy for me. Talking is therapy. I like doing it. Yeah. yeah. Same like here. My it. wife, my wife has a famous line that she uses with me all the time is, you know, I got to miss you to love you. <laughs> real. So she throws you to me, Eric. That's what happens. Go yeah, hang exactly. out with Caroline on the well, podcast for a while. Like, go out in the shop and go do your work. <laughs> I'll be I, inside watching Christmas movies or something. So. I am a stalker of my own wife in the house. <laughs> she's on the phone. She's actually doing something for our school. And I'm standing there looking at her going, so what time are we going out tonight? What are we going to eat? Somewhere out? Are we going to, should we shop? I'm trying to get something done. And that's when I know I can't push her too much. I mean, I can push her a little more, but she really does not want me to talk as much as I do. And comedy and podcasting, this is not a job. It is really for me. It's the only way to live. The hardest thing for me is being like on a subway or in an elevator or somewhere where you're not speaking mm-hmm. or planes. Yeah. Yep. I'm horrible not talking. <laughs> I have to make up things to talk about. Are you one people. of the people that talks like when I get on the plane and you're next to me, you're going to be talking to me the entire flight? Yeah. Oh, I am. I'm at more crazy yeah. people on the plane because I'm that guy. I <laughs> would. You know what, though? Then I would meet you and you'd have a podcast and then I would get on the podcast. How do you think I met Eric? Right. It's all about talking. <laughs> Even though he yeah. saw it on, on, on the Internet, I was still talking to a computer or to a, a camera. Still communicating. I have no problem being in this room by myself talking to a camera. 
Yeah, like, no problem. Hey, how, do you, how do you do that? I go, I can make up characters. I can make up scenario. I can see the shit in my head. Yeah. I see it. <laughs> I live it. When I come out of this room, I uh, I was with my friends. Yeah. I was with Rocco. I was with Frankie. I was with Bobby. <laughs> and we were back in the 80s getting ready to go do something. We were going to a party. We were going to the Borelli's, to the catering, to a wedding, to something, to a pizza place. And then when I actually <laughs> talk to Frankie, who is a real person, and Rocco, I get depressed. Oh, cool. I get depressed. Because <laughs> your characters are more interesting than they are now. <laughs> They've lost all their testosterone. Yeah. Low T. Low T. There you go. Low T. <laughs> right. And I try to school them. I go, maybe you should watch some of my videos to remember who the fuck you are because you've <laughs> lost everything. <laughs> right? You're a mess. I I, I got to hear about your high cholesterol. Are you shitting me? <laughs> so how do you get it back, have Carmen? Some more, have some more cheese. Have some more cheese curds, right? How do you get the tea back? back? The tea back. The, to not back down. Don't back down. Don't let anyone make you afraid. Continue to walk tall. Watch Buford Pusser again. Do something from the old days that reminds you. Get a gold chain with a horn. Lift some weight. <laughs> Stop eating bread. I mean, there's so many things. Stop eating bread. <laughs> bread is killing every man in this country. Oh, my God. Yep. Don't you understand that that's what my grandmother used? We didn't have ADH medicine or whatever the shit that is. The, you know, but if my grandma yeah. fed you a loaf of bread, you were on the couch with a bloated belly and a yeast infection and whatever else <laughs> you do. And you were not jumping on her furniture no more. <laughs> yeah. So you want you want guys to stop or you want guys to get off the couch, to get out there, to feel like men again. Don't let society bother you. Don't let don't let the women who are telling you not to be a man or what is a man or if anyone ever says you, oh, what's the definition of a man? You just go, hey, f you. That's what you say to them. <laughs> That's how you answer that. Hey, f you. And then and then that person goes home and they and and someone says, who did you talk to today? And, and that person goes, a man, a real a man. man. <laughs> An alpha man. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, because there's so much. I see it with uh, even my own son. I have to kind of pry and push and cajole into getting away from some of the things that he's been taught. You know, a deep, a deep programming. Yeah. You know, to get in the garage with me or do something physical. Get out, get off the computer, get off the digital world, get off the virtual and start talking to people. Handling yourself in front of bigger men is very important. It's um, probably one of the, because I'm little. <laughs> I mean, you know, I hate to, if I would, I'm five, six, so maybe I have a complex about this whole thing. You know, I, I hear about that. I don't think, I, let's put it this way. Everyone says there's such a thing as a Napoleon's complex. Maybe that's what I bought into. I don't think I have one. They, all the tall people can eat. I'm just saying. <laughs> I never fit in because of many things and I always had to stand up for myself. And I feel like that has happened. That has helped me. And even with stand up, stand up is very, you don't realize how aggressive it is. Dude, it's brutal. The crowd is not on your side. If they don't know you, I'm not mm -hmm. Sebastian Maniscalco, you know, Sebastian gets on stage and people love him yeah. and he can make mistakes for 45 minutes and never and hit his lines. Love correctly. Him, right? They still yeah. love them. Me, yeah. the entire time, every joke, even the last, very last joke, they're still going, prove that you're funny. Prove that you're worthy. Prove that you deserve on the stage. You, be, yeah. you belong on the stage. So I think there's something to that. I don't want to ever lose that, by the way. No. I don't ever no. want to lose that. I don't, I don't want to lose challenge. No, not at all. I mean, and that's, and I think probably comedy is one of those things that keeps you on your toes because you know when you throw a youtube thing up and somebody's offended now you've got to be on your tiptoes and and you know staying fluid so you can get out there and fight it away because yeah. there's always some keyboard warrior out there that's that's getting offended right and i would love to meet them in person that's how i feel <laughs> i would rather see those people in person be a heckler in my audience and i will rip you up even if you come at me after the show I expect you to. I really do. I expect to see you after the show. You know, hopefully you're not in in an alley with a gun. But I'm saying there's a lot of people who have there's a lot of people who have approached me after the show, and I thought, oh, here we go. He's going to take a swing at me, and they're hugging me. Nice. You know, nice. because they're 
They want it. We did, I did a show with a guy that was in a wheelchair in the crowd and I made a wheelchair joke, right? Or a disability joke. Yeah. And he was laughing harder than anybody else. And I knew <laughs> he was there. I knew he was there. Yeah. And the whole reason was if you omit jokes because of certain people who are in your routine that are in your crowd, what you're doing now is making, you're glaringly making it obvious that you're avoiding them. Yes. Instead of including them. Now they're not included in nothing. So every time we exclude someone for the sake of their, because they're below us, don't punch down. Please don't punch down on somebody. Well, if you say that you're punching down on somebody, that means you have judged them as being Mm -hmm. down and they might not feel down. Yeah. Correct. And And you just made a huge fan out of that guy. He's a major fan. He, you know, he he couldn't get up to hug me, but I had the. But yes, those kinds of people, when they know that you have no filter, that you are honest, and that you're going to make a mistake as a human in saying something eventually, the whole zero tolerance thing that we're going through right now, where people expect you to be perfect in every aspect, which is started with the government, the corporations, and the schools, you know, yep. zero tolerance. One tiny thing happens, and that's a crime as bad as something major. You know, you could bring in a, a kilo of cocaine to the high school and get in trouble as much as bringing in a chapstick. Yeah. And yeah. I've seen it because I, you know, I volunteered in the schools back in the day when my kids are there and a girl brought in sty cream. I'll, I never, I'll never forget this. Sty cream, this yeah. little sty girl. Sty cream this for the eye, thing. the eye sty? Yeah. Little sty, yeah. little sty in the eye. By the way, if you're a man, you don't use sty cream. Let the thing fester and pus <laughs> up and squeeze it. Yeah. But a I'll little, take care of it. A little five-year-old or a little fifth grader. The teacher wanted me to walk her to the principal's office to turn her in for the no for the those no, zero tolerance for drugs in the school. Oh, really? And I said, you know, absolutely. Yeah. Do you yeah. have any kids? Yeah. No. Carolyn? Oh yeah. No. no, she doesn't. I do, but yeah. It's you crazy. have them in the school system? Mine are out. Mine are out. Okay. So mine are through the school. They're adults now, but oh yeah, I used to deal with this stuff all the time at the. When my kids were in school, just the just the the rampant stupidity, right? And, it, and the more we put up with it, the more like when they used to call me for my son, which they called a, you know a couple yeah. every three or four weeks. Hey, he went through the wrong door. He got up on the bus. Things that they would have never called a parent about. They would have handled on the bus. They would have handled it to school. Yeah, yeah. And I would say, I'm not coming down for this. I mean, what are you going to do? Are you going to expel him for this? No, we'd like to yeah. talk to you about maybe putting him into an anger management. I go, no, no, we're not talking. No, I mean, when I was a kid in high school in Woodshop, we made crossbows and fired them off on the football field in Woodshop class when we were done right. with them. Right. That's a felony now. Right. And is it really, is it really that bad? Is it, is it a thing that we, you think that's going to go away, by the way, is what I'm saying. Like, if you keep taking this away from people, is everybody not going to have it? Is everyone not getting a crossbow or a gun or are certain people going to be able to have it as a right or a privilege or because they're empowered to have it? So you're starting to take everything away from the, uh, the citizens of the country. Yep. And I I don't even smoke. I smoke on videos, but I don't smoke in public. I don't really smoke. When I say I don't really, I don't smoke at all. Okay. So (laughs) I don't smoke. It's part of the act. My my whole point is. I still support smokers. If you want to smoke, go yeah, ahead. Smoke, go ahead. <laughs> I don't understand the rules and the logic and how we accept these things. And it bothers me. And that's where a lot of my comedy will end up going. Yeah. You know, one of my things that I've always said is, can you drink and drive? And I'll say it to the crowd. Are we allowed to drink and drive? No. I go, then why no. do bars have parking lots? <laughs> <laughs> You know we're allowed to drink and drive. Yeah, exactly. You know they're still pushing booze. I, I, at the same time, telling you, you know, you can, you're going to get a DUI. Buzz right. driving is drunk mm-hmm. driving. Okay, well, what about all the bars with parking lots? Well, in last call, so you can get one last drink in before the end of the night. Anheuser Busch says, <laughs> "Drink responsibly." Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Is that why you're making a suitcase? But <laughs> 36, so 48, right. Oh, drink responsibly. You lying <laughs> sack of <laughs> because, because society and culture wants you to act humble. 
and nice and caring. Go to any casino. Go back to how many times do you got to go? I, every time I go to the casino, I have to make a trip to the ATM. Yep. In the casino. That's how bad it gets. Oh, yeah. And then they got to charge you $7 for that, too, by the way. Because the on casino. the ATM sign, it says gambling problem. Call <laughs> oh, 1-800-GAMBLER. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got a problem. Here's my problem. I didn't take out enough the first time. That's my problem. <laughs> well, it's even funnier here because, you know, like many states, we have the lottery here. And so much of the, you know, and that's their own their own monopoly that they got going on with that. But part of that goes to gambling education. So it's like, you know, a percentage of that goes to helping people that uh, have a gambling addiction problem. And I'm like, well, why don't you stop the lottery and then you'll stop the gambling addiction problem with the lottery. Yeah. And if, if you're going to do something bad, you have to buffer it with something good. I've learned this, <clears throat> like even making a profit today is considered bad. So if you want to make a profit, you better give some of it to charity. Yeah. And that's how we've now. My question is who's charity. She's coming out. Great. Charity's awesome. She is a main stage stripper. I've seen yep. her. <laughs> Nice. She's she's one of the best. When you when girls 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 comes on, never fails. Yep, cherry pie too. She's good on that one. <laughs> oh okay, boy. Carmen, you. I was an intern for the Howard Stern show, so you think anything oh, could possibly phase me? That guy has lost all his teeth. Yes. <laughs> yes. He, he, he is. Become, uh, he has calmed down. Head. I used he to think very he was, calm. he's a weakling today. He used to be yeah. somebody that I thought was to be admired because he was so against the man. He is the man. Yeah. <laughs> it's That's funny. That. But like, think about it. What kind of pressure changed that? Right. I mean, Money. he had to, I mean, he was Money. constantly yeah. taking on anybody and anything and he didn't care about the money back then. I mean, I'm in 1995, I was there. Right. And he I did think, not. I think everybody, I think, you know, the answer to that. Carolyn, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Now he's Ricky Lake. He has too much to lose. I Very think this, true. This is what, this is another thing that I've learned through becoming successful. I have a lot. Um, I try not to get attached to what I have, you know, the old school mob movies would say that if you had a family, you couldn't be in the mob. Or if you cared about your family. You couldn't be in the mob. <laughs> True. Better not to care about your family. You know, I had a lot of uncles who were married that didn't give a shit about their wives. They had a gumar. That's who they cared about. Yeah. You know, that's the way it worked. Their family, they could give a about. They weren't home for anything. They didn't go to any events. They, they never sang happy birthday when you were five. They weren't there. <laughs> it was a front. That's what it was. Yep. And that's how you, but if you start caring about your family, you're screwed. I was going to say, F-, but I know this is probably not the place to say it on your podcast. <laughs> oh, but we got sound effects for that. We, we fixed that in post. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I believe swearing is very important. But anyway, I think that when you <laughs> <laughs> just do that throughout my whole, whole every time I speak, <laughs> hey, we got a, a, a guest comic and then no, every time I talk you leave it the entire pod you know I did that with uh, I did that with an interview with Adam Carolla because I met with him down at the uh, construction industry show probably six or seven years ago yeah had it scheduled had everything done with his PR people it was a total pain I show up down there and he is so drunk he can barely stand And so in about four sentences, he dropped about 13 or 14 F-bombs. Wow. And so I teased my interview. I did it all. And then I played all seven words that I could put on the radio. And I said, and that was my conversation with Adam Carolla. (laughs) Don't you know that is so ironic that that just came up because that is exactly what I just said about the mob. Carolla don't give Nope. He don't care. He don't nope. care the way he treated that pod and the way he is really, because I listen to him a lot, yeah. is that he he basically believes when he says that he has a pirate ship, what he means is he's untouchable. Yeah. He's not on anybody's land. He's out there by himself floating. Yep. You know, it's not a hundred percent true, but he's he's absolutely right. If you care too much, Howard Stern is so attached to what he does and his comfort zone, he's in that comfort zone. Even though he was the rebel at one time, right. you got to be the rebel in the beginning. I don't care if you're a carpenter or a comedian. 
a yep. carpenter that's not getting paid correctly or it doesn't have any work or can't afford to get the right licenses will do the most illegal thing to still become a carpenter. If you're an illegal alien and you need to cross this border with your family and the government says no or there's a wall. If I'm a Mexican, if I'm a Hispanic in any situation and I can't properly feed my children or my wife or anyone, guarantee you I will break laws to go wherever it is that I will survive and take care of my family. That's the same with anybody. And Stern was the same way back in the day. When I listened to Stern, when he was zero, when he wanted a crowd, how do you get a crowd? You have to be the opposite of what everyone else is doing to get attention. Now, did he believe that? Was he really that guy? See, that's the thing about it. Are you truly that guy or did you do it to get where you're at? And then when you get where you're at, you become who you really are, like a drunk. A drunk yeah. with that. You know, you hear Look at Dave Chappelle. People. Look at Dave Chappelle right now. You know, he is out there. Dave Chappelle's out there owning stuff right now, not caring. You know, I wish Chappelle was more like that. I, I hate to tell you this, but I think Chappelle was better during the Chappelle show. No question. Because the Chappelle show, he did not care at all. Someone got to him. He took that hiatus. He had to talk to the leaders of the black community and he changed. Chappelle yep. used to be. The type of person that prior always prior, I mean, prior. Uh, this is the same. I love prior. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of an example. This is where I, now I'm starting to get depressed. You made me depressed. <laughs> because prior, prior, Eddie Murphy. Prior up, yeah. F- you had to bring Eddie Murphy up. These are uh, people who had in the beginning the balls. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then they turned to Pluto Nash. Or they turn the fucking, uh, who was the other one? Prior turns to the uh, the movie where he was the rich guy, which was funny. Yeah. Bruce's Millions was funny. But there yeah. were a couple movies, and Sam Kinison even. Sam oh. Kinison, at the end of his life, decides he's going to be on sitcoms, on network television. Yeah. No. It's not your audience, no. man. Not your audience. You know who you know who stays true? is a guy like Doug Stanhope, the guy that lives oh. in Arizona, who lives in a in a block home. I he doesn't give he doesn't stop. He don't care about getting all of the Hollywood a Ricky Gervais, a guy like that yeah. who doesn't give a shit. Those are the people we should be championing. The ones that never it's like uh it's like politicians that's that campaign on what you want to hear, and then they get into office and they're not that guy at all. Yeah. No question. That is killing everybody, including me. You're killing me, everyone. <laughs> Did you care about me? Yeah. I got a So I got a question days. for you. So what do you see in construction that's different now from 1989 to today? How do you see construction's changed? Well, here's the thing. I only hear about these things because, sure. you know, I have a very, very large group of contractors that come to me. So I do about 40 seminars every two years. That's their license. And the stories that they tell me is the only real life example that I have of being on a construction site. So I don't know exactly what's happening, but what I hear is what I put in my videos. That in the old days, you didn't have the HR department. The HR department is killing construction. The fact that you have guys that are in the number one industry that could kill you, according to the Department of Labor, the people who die the most and the, the, the gender, which is 93% guys that die on the job. You know, the numbers of in, this, in this country are, are really, truly amazing. We do not have that much death on the job. No. It's, it's around 5,000 people a year. And construction consists of, of 20% of that. So 1,000 people a year die in construction. <clears throat> it's a lot, but it's not when there's 180 million people working. The percentage yeah. of the numbers, it's almost like coronavirus. It's a 99.9999% chance of survival. Yeah. But they want to focus on the death and the injury and OSHA and the shit and the safety and the zero tolerance. Back then... We never heard about safety. Back then, we knew we were responsible for ourselves. If you truly believe that OSHA is going to take care of you, the government's going to take care of you, your HR department, you're going to get hurt because you still need personal responsibility on the job site. Yes, we have put a crosswalk in, but you still need to look both ways if you don't want to get hit. We and can't hit the lights too. 
<laughs> that, that is the problem in the country right now is that everyone really has bought into the idea that they're not responsible for anything. Yeah. yeah. So HR is some person that's trying to keep the business running between the government and the company. Yeah. So if you report someone made fun of you because you brought in, and I've heard this, here's a real story. Guy was cooking friggin' kale in the construction trailer. And someone made a joke <laughs> that it stunk, and he reported it to HR. <laughs> oh my god! And they had to have sensitivity training <laughs> for kale. Now, <laughs> right, <laughs> right. So you tell me these guys who go on the roof in 120 degree heat and yeah. have to have to stand at a I don't know a, a 45 degree pitch all day. Yeah. And then carry block or tile and then shove it into a dumpster and breathe in the the silicone and the silica and the asbestos and That's the so dust. Sick. And these are the guys who you're going to tell now, try to treat everybody sweetly while you're doing it. <laughs> and you know what they were going to say to you? They're going to do exactly what Carolyn said is going to happen. What happened to Vinny, her significant yep. other. They're going to tell you, they're going to flip you off and tell you, go f*** yourself. <laughs> because that's, You're so that's, right. That's the response that is appropriate. There is no it other, is. There, is, there really is no other response. See, we're not allowed to do those responses anymore because then we're, we're looked at as uh, haters and we're, they, they've created names now. So when you create a name and you can label people, it scares people. Oh, you're a racist or you're a hater or you're a misogynist and words that we never even used in this country. It's like, I never heard these words ever. It's just like governor's names. Well, you're a Newsom. You're a de Blasio. You're a, <laughs> you're I think a we should use, actually that's a good idea. That you, that yeah. just triggered something. That's a good idea. You should, we start calling people derogatory names by the use of mayors and governor's names in this country that have up our country. I like that. I like that. Don't de Blasio. I've heard it before. Don't Fauci my Florida. I guess they've already done that. <laughs> I hear that a lot. Don't Fauci my Florida. But it's, it's, I think it's, during orientation, I think during orientation, they should make everybody watch Blazing Saddles. Yeah. And that's, that's just one movie. Believe me, there's so many movies with references and they're trying to cut them now. I don't even want to tell you what these movies are because then you'll get someone who, and cancel culture really is a group of people that are like Howard Stern in the old days. Okay, so you want to get attention and you're not getting attention. Stern really was saying things that no one else wanted to hear or were shocking. He was the shock jock. Shock. Mm -hmm. yep. Shocking. There, there, were, there was a few of them out there back in the day. Yeah. So now we have the shock jocks of today are the cancel culture. Tear down a oh, statue. Excellent that people point. Tear down a statue that people have worship the Columbus statue in Little Italy with none of your f business. That statue was put up by the Italians. My aunt sold put sales at a bake sale at the church to raise money for that f statue. And you want to tear it down? I don't think so. So funny story. My buddy is a, a uh, reporter in the radio on a big station in Chicago, and I'll just leave it at that so we don't get him in too much trouble. But he showed up last year at the Columbus Day statue thing where in Chicago, where a bunch of the neighborhood was out there, the Italian neighborhood was out there, and people were trying to chant to tear the thing down. Yeah. And he couldn't use any of it. They were out there defending Columbus Day, and it was it was pretty amazing it's, to watch, it, actually. It's funny how they won't allow that on television, but they'll allow uh, a game between, like, uh, two football teams where two fans with opposing jerseys are swearing like that in the stands. Don't yeah. put that on TV. It's a f oh, yeah. football is fake. It's a game we made up. It has no value except entertainment. No one seems to get that. It's it's fun to watch. It's interesting to see the talent, but it doesn't solve, you know, maybe, maybe I shouldn't say it wouldn't solve world peace because yes, of course, anything like a comic or a singer, yeah, we add to value to to solve and to resolve and to make well, people. Also, calm. I think so, you yes. guys soften, you know. I think you take the issues that are so prevalent in society. And actually say, listen, we can laugh at this, right? We can look at this, yeah. laugh at it, and realize it's not who we are as a people, right? We're supposed to be coming yeah. together and 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 there's right. a, a humanity under there, right? 
So well, I there's, think there's what a you problem do... here now, Carolyn. The problem is, do I want to make you laugh anymore? <laughs> I hope so. Ooh. <laughs> I hope so. If you've pissed me off to the point where I am not interested anymore in making you laugh, and that's happening with comedians. Oh, oh no question. There are major groups and big people who are saying, I'm not performing for this group. I'm not performing for, you know, either classes or whatever it is, groups of people, or maybe not at all. Because well, look how I, comedy's I, moving I, to I, Texas. Who? Look how comedy has been moving to Texas. How many big name comedians are getting out of LA and trying to get into Texas where it's a friendlier environment? Yeah. And I I think that's one of the ways of doing that, that you're saying, I'm not going to participate in what's happening in LA. There's comics that are moving here that are saying, I'm not going to perform in any venue that requires a vaccine mandate. I'm not doing it. Mm -hmm. But it's very few because take a look at all the places where vaccine mandates are now implemented. There's millions of people there who have agreed because they don't want to give up what I'm calling is their comfort zone, is their luxury, is their slice of life, including my own children. My daughter lives in New York City. One lives in Baltimore. They're interested in being part of society. Well, that's a problem. Didn't I just say that if you care too much about things that you could get in this world? I don't care about society as much anymore. I don't care about going to your restaurant or your football game or going to your state or your city or your club, if the long-term effect is you eventually take away my freedom. There you go. And that, that's a problem with comedy because most successful comics today are becoming preachers. Joe Rogan has become the preacher of today. Oh, no question. No question. You know, now, I got a funny question for you. Is that you in a turkey fire video? That yeah. I've seen floating around the internet. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> what is this it? This looks like me. Caroline's I'm... turkey. Oh my god, what happened? <laughs> my turkey was a bust this Thanksgiving. Uh, well, here's the thing: is I wish the video put me in a better light, but it is accurate <laughs> of who I am. And what happened was my wife, who again, like I said earlier, you don't get in her way when she's cooking. You don't get in her way when she's cleaning in her way when she's decorating this house for Christmas. She was putting a turkey into the oven, very large, into a, it was a foil pan, which she said she's always used. You know, don't argue with her about that. You're supposed to use, I guess, a big roasting pan. Yeah. So I was standing at the sink and I heard her say something about put it out. Someone put it out. And she had pulled the turkey out and the grease had filled up this aluminum pan so much and it dripped over. Got onto the element, and all of a sudden, we have a fire. Mm-hmm. Fairly so large went, one. Yeah. Yeah, it was larger. And we had just remodeled this. Oh. So, yes, I'm thinking about her. But I'm also thinking about the cabinets. <laughs> yeah. That oven cabinet's not easy to replace. And it was a brand new double oven that we just put in, right? And we had, we had done this treatment on the cabinets, which... I can't remember the actual paint that we use, but it's for log cabinets. It's an exterior grade, almost like a shellac that okay. we use for the kitchen. It's almost indestructible. I mean, I don't yeah. know if many people know about this, but it is something that if you're going to redo your cabinets and you don't want to spend a money on and refacing, you know, sometimes works. But these were these were uh, actual wood cabinets with uh, a scallop design on them. Yeah, those cabinets were inches away from going up. The whole house was inches away from going up and she would not let go of the turkey. She would not let go of the pan. And I yep. had her and I finally lifted her and got her out of the way. And then my, my brother-in-law shut the oven door and the fire was out. Yeah. She was standing there. If any grease had just dripped on her, just a little bit of grease, if it just transferred to her dress. It was all over. Yep. And what we don't know in the video, those who, who watch it, is that this is a common occurrence in my house. <laughs> that, yes, I teach safety. the first rodeo. I'm, I'm a safety instructor. I've taken the OSHA 500. I teach in my... <laughs> I know a little bit about um, what we call critical thinking. <laughs> and that is kind of looking for the problem in advance before it happens. So yep. 
she has done a couple things. She burned both of her inner thighs with boiling water in oh a cabin. Oh, my God. She sounds like me. I took the turkey. <laughs> I had it in that flexible. You know, you're supposed to use a solid pan. I pulled the turkey yeah. out in one of those yeah. aluminum flex pans. The entire grease on Thanksgiving, or I think it was Thanksgiving or Christmas, went down my entire front of my legs. Burned. I started stripping in the kitchen and everybody's looking at me like, why is she taking her clothes off? The Italians were like all the the Italian side were like, oh, yeah, she's getting it on in the kitchen. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm burning. (laughs) I had third degree burns on my legs from that grease because it had just I dumped it. You know, it tipped. So I get that. did, Did you end up going to the hospital for that? I did. I did. And believe it or not, I don't have scars on my legs at all. Like that was probably, I don't even know. I want to say 10 years ago, maybe I did that. But I get it. That, is, that grease from the exactly. turkey. Oof. She doesn't have scars either, which I'm amazed because she had bubbles. Bubbles. Me too. Across. Oh, yeah. Yep. And, you know. You can't just put some uh, construction tape on that, some blue tape and walk away. You got to yeah. actually do you know, I call my firefighter friend and he's like. Because we were in, we were in Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin, when this happened. This was like oh, wow. remote. It was remote. Oh wow! Yeah. She was making pasta. She's trying to make pasta in a cabin. Now, not optimal. That, that's, that's a great wife. Yeah, mm-hmm. but her her calendar was the size of like a coffee cup. Oh, and she oh, pouring no. this giant pan of boiling water and pasta into this little calendar, and it flipped, and it yeah. went right at her. Ah. Uh. Brutal. She she cut her thumb off during the final episode of The Sopranos. That's another thing. <laughs> oh you know, I'm, which again, I have a choice here. Do I get to watch the the end of this, or do I now <laughs> yeah. have to? She, I mean, she almost went through the bone with a. Oh she was trying to take wax out of a glass candle jar. I don't know if you do this. You, you put them in a the freezer to get the wax out. Oh, no, I've heard no. of it. You throw it away. That's what you do. That's the answer. <laughs> Unless it's a Yankee candle that's $70, you throw it away. <laughs> I want to let those in my house. If it's a $70 candle, we can be buying better things. Well, I don't think that you're going to be able to be married to my wife. <laughs> I know. <laughs> she, she has the Yankee candle collection. Collection. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. And, and what happens is, Eric, is if you're in my house, you think she made cookies? No. She lit a candle. It's chocolate macadamia nut. Yeah, chocolate chip. Chocolate <laughs> <laughs> chip candle. I mean, wait a second. This is kind of unfair. Every one of these candles smells better than what she actually cooks. <laughs> <laughs> now, I found a ca- candle company online that you, they will actually print whatever on the outside of the candle on the jar. You know those jar yeah. candles? Yeah. So you can get cocaine and hookers. Really? You can get it where it says, you know, um, you know, bourbon and Coke, you know what I mean? But it's cocaine. You know, there's all these fun things you can get. So you should get her some of those and uh, just set them around the house. <laughs> Here's what she asked for for Christmas. Crockpots. All right. Vacuums. I bought her diamond earrings once. She took them back. <laughs> she wants new LED lights. Like she is a true homemaker, mother, wife. She's not someone that, you know, I, I bought her these crazy high heels once, beautiful high heels. And she said to me, she goes, well, where the hell am I going to wear those? And I'm like, I don't know, in the kitchen? There you go. There's your candle. I see Etsy's good for something, right? Cocaine and hookers candle. Hmm. It doesn't yeah. look, it looks fake. It's organic. Look at that. It's organic. <laughs> organic. It's healthy. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm thinking if you're going to do a candle like that, <clears throat> you have to do, you, have to, you actually have to, you know, exaggerate a little bit. You know, you have to put like a, something where it was uh, confiscated by the DEA. There yeah. you go. There you go. You it needs know, to have I'm, glitter in it. If there's, you know, cocaine and hookers around, there's got to be glitter there. So all you got to do is you get you get something that looks white and powdery, put it in a, in a little baggie, <laughs> right? And <laughs> your next Christmas party, you know, take out just a little tiny bag. Like you, hey, man, you want to hit it? And then you walk away. You don't wait for a reaction, right? I, a lot of people hire me. I've been, I've been hired so many times to be like a dupe at a party. 
instead of doing oh, my Oh, that's stuff. hilarious. Yeah, that's Yeah, great. they'll bring me in to be like a fake executive or fake OSHA guy or bad waiter. You know, oh, where my you God. You've got to come. You've got to come to my birthday party <laughs> next year. Oh, I would love it. Oh, my God. I would love we're, to have you there. We're throwing her 50th birthday party. We're going to have a Steel Panther plan for it. Really? Yeah. Damn. Well, <clears throat> bring me in as like a feng shui expert. Oh my there God, we that go. is so good. And then I'll like try to tell the band, I'm sorry, you can't be this close to the stove. You're going to have to move. <laughs> it's just the energy in here is not, is not right. And now we're going to have to burn some sage. <laughs> I have pulled this on so many different groups as, as a paid event. Last time I did it, I was at... Uh, What's that casino over by you in uh, Atlantic Baltimore, City? Not Baltimore. Oh. Connecticut area. There's a big Fox Woods. Oh, yeah. The Fo- Fox Woods. You know. yeah. 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 I've, I've done uh, multiple things like that where I just walk in and they introduce me as like, hey, this is the guy, you know, he's a new executive. He's second in command out of the New York City office. You know, and I'm coming into Wisconsin to shake hands. These were the guys that actually built like the New York Giants Stadium. Wow. These were major contractors, and they had seen me. Um, I had pulled the wool over the eyes of a, a group of airline execs down here in Florida that <laughs> were meeting in Parrish over a uh, a new these these ground air terminals, these ground air units mm-hmm. that keep the planes cool before you take off. <laughs> I was the expert on these things. And I was talking about how, you know, we can do more than just cool the plane. We have aromatherapy. We can make the plane more like an Italian festival or baby smell. <laughs> you know, to keep the people calm on the planes, we could use almost any smell. Sausage and peppers, we have a smell for that. And like, I was so serious. I had a suit on, I had a pointer, I had a PowerPoint presentation. And Did you, no have, the, one- did you have the black suit on with the black shoes and, yeah. The, yeah. and the Frank Sinatra medallion? <laughs> I had, no, I didn't go over the top. I did. I okay. looked at them. Okay, know? got it. <laughs> you know, I have done the over the top where I walk in as like the badass contractor or the new, the new, uh, the new assistant project manager. I was for. A, oh, a, there we a, go. <laughs> they had a Christmas buffet, and I came Next. in with band aids on every finger. I we just had, had, <laughs> had, <band-aids>. <laughs> we just had our holiday like, Christmas party. Carmen, we just had it for around the house, but next year you have to come to the holiday Christmas well, I, party. I, I will come up with some idea and typically everybody, I've never had this backfire. Everybody at the end when they introduce me, because what happens is the CEO will get up there to thank everybody. And then, you know, the guy that's been walking around, Tony Giustiani from, uh, <laughs> He's really, his name is really Kermit and he's a comedian. And they go, oh my God, we thought something was wrong. There's no <laughs> Some of these construction companies are so tight that if you come in and you don't fit in right away, they will treat you like you're a virus and they'll be trying to push you out the entire time. You know, they'll get oh, on the walkies and they'll call each other. Hey man, there's a guy coming to your to your site right now. He, he, he just stopped at our job and I don't know how he got hired, but you, there's no way we can keep, and I, I'm with the main project manager. So I'm listening to everybody talk shit about <laughs> and using that as ammunition on the next guy. <laughs> and then you find out the things that they don't like, you know, or that they bitch about. Like a lot of guys who work for construction companies want that shirt. They want that company shirt right away. Yep. And in some companies you can't get that shirt until you've been with the company. For a while. Yeah. So I show up with brand new shirts, a shirt on a hanger. Oh. You know, I, I got, I got, and they're like, well, how'd you get the new shirt? I go, what do you mean? I go, everybody at work should get you. I didn't get one. I go, <laughs> dude, you should complain. You know, so, <laughs> now, now you're owning them because they're all fired up because they don't have the, the shirt or the hat or the hard hat with the company logo on it or whatever it is. Or the new company Jeep that everyone has except, <laughs> right? Because they, this one company, everyone has a Jeep, same model. Yep. And again, you don't get that until you're X amount of years into it. And here's me, yeah. my Jeep. Oh. It is one of the funnest things to do because it's safe, but yet super illegal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a question for you. What do you think about, I want to hear your, your take on this. Contractors and brand new lifted extra cab like F-150s and stuff that you see out there. Those are, you know, they're paper contractors, right? Yeah. 
Those are the GCs that are sitting in those trucks. The reason you buy a truck like that is so you don't get out of it. <laughs> you pull up to the job site and you yell through the window. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> so true. I'm really more interested in in the and I'm getting these commercials. I don't know if you're getting them. The new trucks that the tailgate now is a seat or a step or step. you can put, you yeah. put your lunch on it or put flowers and make a garden. <laughs> I'm like, oh, what happened? Another bunch of fucking pussies again have turned up in a brand new <laughs> truck that can't get into the truck no more. We need a we need a, a one of those uh, stair lift things <laughs> to get on the roof. It would be hilarious to make a commercial using one of those, but make it so it has its own like stair exercise machine in the back of it. Like the stair climber. Uh, Yeah. I I know what you're saying. I think we should also have um, where you open the hood and as you're putting the oil in, there's a little compartment that says beard oil. And so you could take some of that oil and rub it into your face. And then there's a hand sanitizing station. Station, yep. You know, it really, it's not the old school guys, but I, I, I think some of this stuff is true that you'll see guys that are done with being on the job and they're using, you know, all the all the little bobcats now as powered wheelchairs. That's how they're using it. <laughs> Instead of the cart, they're just taking the bobcat around. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Just to the John, just to go back to the porta potty again. <laughs> That's just the way it seems to be going. You know, my son has—he's uh, a construction major, actually going to college for construction. Which I said I don't need to go to college. No, yeah, you know, look, I don't know better. He does, right? Yeah. He knows. Why, what do I know? Yep. But uh, he was getting paid like 18 bucks an hour as an intern. And wow. never, and the, by the way, the job of the intern is it's not blue collar. You know, when I was a gopher, intern, uh, newbie, new guy, green boy, all of, I was doing all the grunt work. Yeah. Wearing, yeah, you're putting the roofing on the, you're putting the shingles on the roof. You were digging the hole. You were doing all that stuff. He's, He's doing paperwork. He's he's ordering subs around. I go, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're not even, you don't even know what the hell you're talking about. It, it's because these companies now have, some of these guys have, you know, the assistant project manager, the project manager, the field supervisor, and all of them have these overlapping jobs where the subs are doing all the work. The general contractor has all the executives. They're sitting in the trailer. There's a ton of that going on where there's over supervision. It's kind of a waste oh, yeah. of money, but the that's trailers why- are a little mini city now. It's like, oh, there's 22 job site trailers all hooked up to each other. You'd think you were at a space station or something. Well, yes. If you want cafe latte, you have to have the size trailer to accommodate an espresso machine and a hot chocolate machine. And- <laughs> Where's the gluten-free section in the kitchen? You have to have all the things that today's society wants. <laughs> got to cook the kale, right? You got to have the kale. So. <laughs> Oh yeah, these guys are like, I, I need I need coffee. I go, okay, we have coffee. Well, you know, like, um, do you have like a a, a, a pumpkin spice coffee? Go, <laughs> no, it, it's a glass pot with coffee. It says Mister Coffee on it, and then of course it goes into the whole. What do you mean? Why is it just Mister Coffee? How come there's not a Mrs. Coffee? <laughs> I don't know. This is what Joe DiMaggio wanted in the beginning. This is his dream, Mr. Coffee. Oh, man. When I worked in radio, we used to actually, in my early days out of high school, on the weekend, they'd keep the coffee grounds locked up. So I would run the coffee back through the coffee maker again on a Saturday morning at 4 o'clock in the morning just to heat it back up again because it wouldn't pay for a microwave. That's how I got my hot coffee. It was 36-hour coffee, but it was. Yeah. Yeah. It worked. You know, we suffered. See how we suffered? Suffered. <laughs> <laughs> That's why, you know, today it's hard to give up what we have because we're spoiled today. Yeah. You know, uh, am I going to give up my K-cups? <laughs> nah. I can't. I can't give it up. You know, I, I go to a hotel room. I'm very snobby now. I'm a, I'm a coffee snob. I'm like, ho, ho, 
there's no K-cup machine in here. Do you have a Starbucks in this hotel? <laughs> you know, even though I talk a, a mean game about the kids, see the kids today, we, I think the difference is we deserve it, Eric, Carolyn. We deserve it. We've put our time in. <laughs> you did. can't come out the gate at 22 and demand Starbucks. You drink <laughs> first. <laughs> There's a hierarchy here. You got to follow mm-hmm. it. It's our mothers. The mothers screwed these kids up. They started giving them the best cuts of meat when they were, you know, 15. Instead of giving dad the big piece of meat. Oh, no, he's on the football team. And I got to take him tonight in my Range Rover SUV. And he's got to have his screen. He sits in the back and he watches Harry Potter. Even though it's a seven-minute ride, he watches it on the way. <laughs> so true. It's so true, brother. Thanks for coming on today, Carmen. Thank you. Thanks Carmen. for coming on, man. Thanks what is the best way laugh. for people to? Yeah, what's the best pe- way for people to just check you out? Uh, you know, I, I say my name, Carmen Suricillo, is is the best way. It's a hard name. It's easier to remember the construction comic. That's all over the internet. You know, yep. all my podcasts, my YouTube, my Twitter, my Facebook, all that stuff is all entertainment. You know, we, we talked a little bit about politics today and COVID and all that. I usually don't get involved in that too much, but I feel a kindred spirit with you too. Oh, yeah. Thanks. <sighs> <laughs> like I said, this is a safe space, brother. Safe space. Right. So I appreciate it. Yeah. If anyone wants to get a hold of me and see my stuff, you know, what's interesting is I have really not done, I'm not doing a lot of public gigs anymore. It's all yeah. private, you know, corporate gigs. And uh, until I, can get as big as Sebastian and can actually fill seats in 30 cities around the country. You know, I'm entertaining online right now. That's my big thing. Eh, It's going well. It's going well. All right. Well, I'm Eric G. And I'm Caroline B. And you've been listening to Around Around the the House. Anywhere beyond the mean Life is a love song, let's be lovers We're all over the radio Take my hand, I'll go where to go All over the radio with you Hey, it's Eric G. from Around the House. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand-molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out Millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's Millboard.com.